the University of Waterloo acknowledges that much of our work takes place on the traditional territory of the neutral Anishinaabe and the Haudenosaunee peoples. Our main campus is situated on the Haldimand Track, the land granted to the Six Nations that includes six miles on each side of the Grand River. We're going to cut that, I think. Thank uh, God. <laughs> I just find it such a wrong word to use here. <laughs> Kind of like a little math celebrity you are, Kanan. You're just in the spotlight always. So. Welcome to the nth episode of the Mathematical Dive. I am your host, Josue Kirk, and I'm joined today by my good friend, Kanan, who I've worked with in numerous different things uh, throughout my time here at UW. And I'm very excited to have him on the show today. So Kanan, could you just give us a quick introduction about yourself, your name, your program, and what you're about? My name is Cannon, as just was already mentioned. I'm somewhere between my third year slash fourth year, majoring in financial analysis and risk management. We are known as farmers for some reason, but that's what it is. I'm an international student from India. Among my friends, I'm also known as the extracurricular monkey. I like to get involved in various different things while also balancing my studies or trying to at least most of the time. <laughs> but yeah, like that's a good description of me, I guess. I would definitely agree with that. And uh, it's funny that you brought out the thing about farm. In my first co-op, I was ISAing. I was an, a, basically a TA for a computer science course. And I remember having a bunch of people tell me they were in farm. And I was like, wait, are you farmers? I, I don't understand what this program is. And then finally, someone told me that it's uh, financial and risk management. But, you know, we don't talk about that so much. Give me a little bit about the, uh, your background for coming to Waterloo. Like, how did you find the university? What was it like coming as an international student from India? I was initially going to apply to a lot of U.S. universities, which I did. It was 2017, I believe. And but then also, like, I know U.S. is really expensive and Canada is a really good option compared to that for value for money. So I looked into some Canadian universities. I applied to most of the major ones, UFT, Waterloo, UBC. I was just looking at what program suits me best. Like in high school, I used to love math. In fact, one time I said it in my class that I just love math because my teacher was like, how can you do this so fast? And then it became a <laughs> meme and my face was plastered all over Facebook walls. Because of that. <laughs> but then I was like, math, like Waterloo is known for its math and CS program and especially its co-op. And I was like, if I am coming to international con like country and spending that much money, I'd rather also be able to get that practical experience of applying what I'm learning and also seeing if I actually like what I'm studying and to continue it in the future. So Waterloo was really attracted to me in that way. Did you end up enjoying what you were studying? Most of the time, yes, but sometimes no. There are times <laughs> when I'm like, what am I doing here? Because like obviously high school math is really different from university math. It's not what we really expect when you come here. There was like a time in my life and I was like, why am I here? What else can I do? Can I switch into another program or something? And then I was like, no, I like what I'm doing most of the times. It's just sometimes you cannot like something always, but I've taken my courses. I've gotten a lot of interest towards investment. Recently, I just started doing my own investments. So actually applying what I'm learning is something really <laughs> cool. Unlike just way who's in pure math and can't really apply anything. That is I actually true. can't use my knowledge. So yeah, it's been good so far. It's funny that you bring up investments because every time I go to the dentist, my dentist is trying to get me to read this book called The Wealthy Barber, which is just about a barber who invested his money and then made a lot of money on the side of his job. And I've never read it yet. 
I keep telling them I will. It has been like two years. I feel kind of bad, but maybe so I'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think it's important that you bring up the doubt because if I'm being honest, I've had those moments too, even. Call like in first year where I didn't really know anyone when I came here. It was difficult for me to adjust. End of September, I didn't know anyone. And I was like, you know what? I made a horrible mistake. Should never have come here. I better look at swapping universities, going to a different program. But then it sort of all like worked together. And I realized, okay, I have my doubts, but you know, everyone kind of has their doubts. <laughs> yeah. First term is fun. Yeah. 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 You'll have that look to look forward to everyone that's listening. Now let's talk a little bit about passion projects on the side, because I don't know when you started getting really involved with the school, because I didn't really meet you until probably third year, if I'm being honest. I met you a few times before. I went to buy milk at iNews at like two in the morning very often, and you were always working there. How did your extracurricular career begin? Even back in high school, like, I have been involved in a lot of committees. I love student governance because I'm one of those people who is, if I don't like something, I actually want to do and get involved and try to change it. So for me, like student governance was a huge part. I have a logistical mindset. I like organizing events and figuring out how to do stuff. So when I came to university, I think during an orientation, there was an orientation event called MathSoc 101 or something, or introduction to MathSoc. MathSoc is basically the undergraduate society for all math students in the University of Waterloo. They represent us to university faculty. They also host events, academic and social both, and they have a lot of clubs with them. I learned about them and I was like, ooh, I, let's see what it is. And it seems interesting. And MathSoc has a council who also has first year positions in them, especially set for first years. So I ran for that. Luckily, I got elected. <laughs> There's not really a lot of competition, I guess. I don't know why, but I got <laughs> in. I'm happy about it. Over time, I realized to see what kind of impact MathSoc can have on these life of math students, all that they do for us. And I was like, I actually want to become a bigger part of this and just improve where I can figure out there are some things that could be improved. And from that, I kind of spread over, all over the math faculty kind of a thing in a way, because like a lot of my friends were from MathSoc and they were the people who got involved in different things. So from word of mouth, like I started getting involved in clubs, like my program club, Farm, which is like Farmsa. They do a lot of events curtailed towards my major and they're like a lot of other programs. And then slowly over time, I started getting involved in the MathSoc office, helping volunteering there. And then I was like, oh, I actually want to become an executive for MathSoc. So I became VPI because I love organizing events and that's the job of VPI. So over time, just like trying to get more involved, looking at, oh, I like this. I want to try this. Like not trying to shy away from opportunities and willing to like give everything a try at least once. And then getting involved in orientation, which I love. Orientation is a really important part. Like even though I was not able to meet a lot of people who I could connect with during orientation, but I did see that it did have an impact on me, making me feel more welcoming. And I was like, I want to be, be part of that experience for the incoming students in the future. Mental health is a huge passion for me. So I was working, started working with the faculty, some of the faculty committees, which are on helping improve student mental health on campus and just a general community, like well-being aspect of being a student. I got involved in VUSA, which is... <laughs> Matsog, but contains all the faculties. So, like they represent all the undergraduate students at university level. They are kind of like a student association. They also have their council. I just got involved in those, and I was like, 
I can help her, so I'm just gonna get involved more and more. Sometimes it did come add a bit of costume education and trying to balance that can be difficult, but so far it's been working. <laughs> so I'm fingers crossed, you know. Yeah, of course. I think it's interesting you brought up balance because that whole time when you were going through that stuff, like, you know, I work with you in a lot of different things, but I, I thought you were gonna stop after every single one, but you just kept going. There were so many things. How do you balance it? What's the secret? This was like, I guess I'll start in my 1A term and this was one of the biggest groups I've ever made in my university career. When I came to university, I kind of had insomnia. I couldn't really sleep a lot. I used to sleep like 10, 12 hours a week. It was bad, but that's, that was one of the things I was able to do. And it gave me more time to balancing, but it also, my biggest group was one time I missed my final exam for math 137, great course. I <laughs> uh, loved it, but I slept through it for some reason. It was at 8 a.m. in the morning. It was supposed to finish at 11. I woke up at 10.30. <clears throat> I remember I had asked my parents to wake me up by calling me and I had 80 missed calls on my phone. And I was like, ooh, I'm screwed now. So luckily because I had like kind of insomnia, I was able to get it incomplete for that course. So I was able to take just the exam for that next term and not have to really take the entire course. But because of that, I was like, oh, I also have to study for that course again now because it's four months time and you forget things. So I just started taking four courses because like, oh, I have this an extra course I have to study for anyways. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I started working part time. So I was like, uh, five courses might be too much. So I just kind of do it with four courses over like quite like the next two years because getting involved in different things and then working part-time on the side, it kind of can get a lot, but like reducing my course load was really helpful in that sense. And I think starting last term, I was back on five courses now, still mostly on track to finish my degree on time. (laughs) Miracle, I know, but yeah. (laughs) But yes, like I reduced my course load, it gave me more time, but it's also sometimes not care as much my studies because I'm like all the studies are important it's also important to have that social well-being aspect of life kind of satisfied in a way and just because like I am a person who who thrives on social connections talking to people it gave me more time to help reduce my mental health stress like for me work and volunteering was my break if there's one thing I could say to people that are listening to this it's that university is not a race at the end of the day. There is absolutely nothing wrong with recognizing that maybe you need to take four courses in a term. In fact, one of the big professors uh, that people talk about a lot, Dan Wolchuk, he told me that during his degree, when he was an undergrad, he took like three or four courses a term and he just wrote his degree out. So it's not a race. And it's really just about like making sure that all of your social needs and all of your academic needs and your personal health needs, like all of those need to be met. There's no good reason to sacrifice those things in order to like get ahead, quote unquote. Kind of like following up and like, I have had friends who have taken 10 years to finish their degree. Like they literally started in 2010 and they graduated on 2019-ish. And they had time of their life finishing their degree. They had fun. They took their time because they were like, I know I need more time to do it. And they did it. And now they're working out fine for themselves. So like, it's not like if you take more time to finish your degree, it's, it looks bad on you. It just makes, in fact, in my opinion, it look, makes me look at you even more because like you were considering your health, at least at that point, and you understand what your needs are. 
and you were able to like kind of balance those, which a lot of people cannot. Yeah, I think you really, you know, hit the nail on the head there. A lot of people, I think the, the biggest thing that people don't know coming into university is how to take care of themselves. In high school, you could kind of get away with it. I, I'm sure like you felt this in high school too. I certainly did where like, I didn't really need to put in a huge amount of effort. I could get away with like, not studying for that test, for not really doing the homework or paying close attention to my essay or anything. And then I would still do super well in all my classes. But then university is just a whole different ball game. You do have to put in the effort. It doesn't just come that easy. And then because of that, you need to be able to take care of your, yourself despite also having sort of those extra commitments. What do you think is like the most important impact you've made at the university in terms of your volunteering? I would have to say orientation, mm -hmm. because especially like I was part of the people who were organizing orientation last year with you. Um, is that where I know you from? What? I know, right? Shocking. <laughs> the reason I picked that is because last year was different. Let's just call it that with the pandemic and with people like especially high school students, like kind of having even more difficult time transitioning, I think helping them do that was, and hopefully I would like to say we were somewhat successful in giving a good transition from high school to university to first years was, I think the biggest impact I could make. I, I, I would probably agree with that too. That was, And I do agree that we hopefully made a, like a positive impact on them as well. I know it was very difficult because like initially when Kanan and I had signed up for that, it was back in November of 2019. COVID did not exist back then. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. And then like mid-March, the whole world seemed to just catch fire basically. Um, and we had to like really rethink our strategy. What are you actually most proud of for your volunteering? I was part of the university, like the faculty strategic plan from 2018 to 2023 or something. It's a fire plan the faculty builds. And I was one of the people who sat on the committee, which built the plan, at least a part of the plan called the people part, which was basically how over the next five years, we're going to be improving the community sense of our faculty. Like math is a faculty which is super competitive, but it's also at the same time not as social as some other faculties are because the com competition is so high. So mm -hmm. working on the strategies to like improve on that, not just for students, but also for professors and staff, and then actually being able to get that plan approved. And now it's a thing. It feels amazing because it's like, I would never have imagined before coming to university that I would have that kind of opportunity or I would say power to like influence these things. It really goes to show when you put in the, the time and effort and you know, you're as like passionate about these things as you are, you can make a difference. People can make a difference. And I think that's something that people have like difficulty kind of grasping around. They see sort of like big problems like competition in the faculty or mental health in, in the faculty and sort of see as like, there's no way we can overcome that, but people can make a difference and you can advocate these things. We have the platforms for them. And so if you are passionate about making the world a better place. A good place to start is the faculty of math, I would say. <laughs> exactly. New slogan campaign right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to maybe like zone in a little bit more about like specifics for your extracurricular stuff, because you know, you kept on taking on more. You, you never quit. You kept on joining these new things and sitting on math sock or board of directors or orientation or WUSA or whatnot. So, 
how would you say those like just experiences were overall? Because I know you've done a lot of very like positive things in them, but were there any like very difficult moments where you maybe also had doubts about like whether or not you'd be able to handle them, especially with just like so much going on? I think I would start with when I became like part of WUSA board of directors. WUSA is a nonprofit organization, like it's a proper uh, recognized organization from the government side, and they have a board of directors where eight students sit and we are we are the producers like when i initially applied for that and like i got elected or appointed i was afraid it was like i don't know what i signed up for like if something gets screwed up me as an international student i'm gonna get so (laughs) badly messed up (laughs) because like there are a lot of legal like issues that come at these organizations and like Mm -hmm. you are responsible for this stuff and like one thing I would say it's like the way I was brought up is like studies always come first. At least that's how I w- was brought up. But my parents tried to bring me up. Didn't work out that well for them. <laughs> but um, like I was afraid to tell my parents that I've taken this responsibility because it's like, what if they get angry because there's like actual legal or financial ramification? Like if the organization goes bankrupt, it's me who has to pay that money. Mm-hmm. It's like all those issues. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But then I spent about eight months on that so far, and I've loved every moment of it. And like, I've learned so much being part of board of directors and their subcommittees. Like, even in fact, my most recent job I got, I think, was because of the experience I gained from those committees I was part of. Like, I'm one. Of, I'm working at BDO as a consultant on the financial side, and because because of all the committees I was in, I was able to do some of those things that they do as a volunteer for the for Rusa and they saw that experience and they hired me so like these things actually can help your career too at the same time yeah yeah it's true like uh i mean those soft skills just like leadership skills management skills like those are important for anything and then like you also get the specific skills that you know like managing a budget and things like that which will come up in, in your job all the time you may not have a specific thing that stands out for this, but I was wondering what your favorite memory from your time at UW was. Like, I would have to say the semi-formal we had in 2019, the math and semi-formal. Oh, yeah, that was a fun night. <laughs> the reason I said, like, because before that term started, like, I was always involved in math, second, like, but I had a specific group of friends who I was always, like, with, even though I knew people I wouldn't call them friends as such, like other people, mm-hmm. your acquaintances, like people you hang out once in a while. But during that time, I got to meet a lot of new people, like just during that term and then going out with them and just like kind, trying to like dance the night out kind of a thing. <laughs> Having like, yeah, I would say that was the best night in all honesty. You didn't have any care in the world at that time. Yeah. Would you say you're a good dancer? <laughs> Hell no. I hate dancing, but I still do it. But yeah, you just got to do it for the fun. I've gone to a couple of those. I think I went to one in first year. I think Masslock did one in the winter. You didn't go to that one? I was the one who helped organize that, but I wasn't able to do that because I'm (gasps) co-op that term in another city. Darn. (laughs) Well, that's too bad. It was was fun. Like uh, for for those dances, uh, we get DJ Dave Tompkins, who's uh, a professor at UW. He teaches uh, one of the first year's computer science courses a lot. Uh, and he's also a DJ in his spare time. So he DJs a lot of these events and he's very good, I would say. He's he's quite good at the craft and he's just fun to have around because he's also super casual the whole time. Like he doesn't go around being like, hey, I'm your professor. 
you know, be responsible. Don't dance too close to other people. No, he's in the crowd too, talking with everyone. It's just so much fun. <laughs> I think once you come to university, professors aren't going to be like chaperoning you anymore. I think you're smart enough to know what you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's true. I always heard in high school that, you know, when you're addressing professors, you got to address them as professor and like put the PhD and have a super formal email. But every professor I've ever had the first day of class, they're like, call me Greg. I don't want you to call me professor or whatever. Just call me Greg. I don't care. When you email me, email me anytime you want. I'll try my best. Just like have fun with it kind of. <laughs> I, I would have to say actually that like that dance you brought up was also one of my favorite times. Like that was a really fun night. Well, what can I say? You were with me. Yeah, I know. Like Kanan and I, uh, we hung out after the dance too for a, like a few hours almost. Like, yep. <laughs> uh, like a few of us, uh, I think it was like six of us went to to where you were living, and we were just like in your living room uh, yeah. for like till like two in the morning or something. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> it's kind of strange, and I I totally forgot we this even happened, but we were at war with Ensoc for a while. Could you tell us a little bit about the war between Ensoc and Matsoc? <laughs> NSOC is like similar to Matsoc, but like for the engineering faculty, they have weird traditions where they'll try to steal each other's mascots. It's just a game. You try to prevent people from other like societies from stealing your mascot and you, you try to steal theirs and stuff like that. NSOC at UW is like pretty good at that. They have their mascot, first of all, is a 60 inch tool called yep. the Rigid <laughs> with RID. GID, I think. Yeah. Spelled right. Yes. In UW, there's also like a fun rivalry between math and Eng. It wasn't as fun initially, but like over the years, it has been like a really fun kind of thing where um, engineers have in the past stolen the math pink tie, which hangs during orientation. It's like a 60 feet tie, but they have stolen it and then having it in the back and stuff like that. But over the years, like, Matsock has their own mascot called the log, which is literally a piece of wood with log written over on it and like kind of like polish and stuff like that. I think it was like fall 2019 when yep. engineering and so got their new like so they have executives. They have 16 month executives and they got a new team of executives. So for fun they stole the log. <laughs> but technically it was not Ensoc who stole it. They claim no responsibility. So <laughs> ANSOC has, ANSOC doesn't have a non-existing action committee because if it existed, then the name would meet, doesn't, wouldn't work. <laughs> but people have heard about them. There's all legends about them. And apparently that's what we think, that's who we think stole them, the log. Uh, and then in retaliation at that time, Matt's like, because engineering, like for the log is like displayed proudly in MC. We're not one of those people who hides our log. But uh, engineers like keep their tool really hidden. Like only a few people know where it is. Mm -hmm. uh, the people who want again, I don't know who these people were or if these people were actually exist, but people wanted to take rent for sitting the log. What they did was they printed a picture of a log saying missing found please reach this and then they snuck into the engineering lounge. <laughs> and covered the entire lounge with posters of that. I think they had like over 2,000 posters. And they covered the entire walls, a door, yeah. and everything with that. There's also like, um, 
let's just call it a monument, I guess, outside engineering, an engineering building, which is like all with the fiberman eng and art, which color it should be, and just purple art says orange, and they just like try to over paint each other over sometimes. Yeah. Or what people say Matt what did was some people allegedly did <laughs> was uh, they went there, they took spray paint and wrote pi is equal to 3.14 and pi is not equal to E. <laughs> the joke there is engineers think pi is equal to E is equal to 3 because they <laughs> like to approximate everything, but that's not true. That's not how it works, okay? <laughs> uh, so we covered all that there, and um, in retaliation of this, someone, we, we don't know who it is, uh, went into the math lounge and covered it with uh, the you know, the police said they have like the caution yellow tape yeah. and they just like made huge things and like covered all these seating areas with cellophane paper and then wrote pi is equal to E is equal to three. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, over time, like this kind of continued. And then I, I think a month after the log was stolen, it was found hanging from a tree outside MC yeah. with chains. And then we got our log back. We won so the fight. Yeah, we won the war. And Take that. Always wins the war. But we love you. I mean, what are engineers if not applied mathematicians? Yeah. <laughs> and no offense to any engineers out there. I don't know if you remember this, but this was how I learned that the, the log had been stolen. Uh, on campus, normally, I do like faculty tours for, for math. Um, so I'll take, you know, nice families. You got a kid in high school who's thinking about taking math at Waterloo and they want to see the campus. And I'm showing them around the building and we get to the math sock point in the tour where like, here's math sock. And I walk in and there is Canon in like a huge group of people who are shouting very not nice things about engineers <laughs> having stolen the log. And I come in just horrified of like, <laughs> hey, want to talk about math sock to this family here? <laughs> I'm and, pretty sure I switched my gears really fast. At that yeah, time. you did. You did to your credit. And also that dance that you talked about as being like one of your favorite memories. I don't know if you remember this either, but the engineers, because this was going on during the war, they brought the tool out at the dance. They like interrupted it, kicked DJ Dave Tompkins off the stage and came up and just like flaunted it at us, basically. <laughs> Engineering does that for any of their major events. Their culture is their rigid tool. No one is allowed to touch it except people who are about to graduate or the president of NSOC. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you cannot touch it. They are. I really want to see their ceremonies. It'll be so fun if I could infiltrate <laughs> that. But sadly, not an engineer. <laughs> That's okay. You could always switch if you want, Canon. I don't have that kind of money. To math. <laughs> and okay, another thing to keep in mind, like you know, Canon mentioned that Engstock took our our pink tie. It's not just like we had a pink tie lying around in the closet. It was hung on a building. Like, literally on one of the math buildings is hanging from it, and they stole it. Like, it's not as simple as walking in and taking it like they did for the log. They had to, like, play in that and rappel down and, like, remove the bolts and stuff. So, it's a yeah. long-standing war, I will say. <laughs> the other, that's how the tie got him to, you will learn that in orientation if you come to Waterloo. Thank you so much, Canon, for joining me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me. And I'm sure I will see you sometime soon. Yep. Uh, I see Canon. He probably sees me way more than he wants to, but we see each other very frequently. Your face so. is pretty enough. Oh, thank you, Canon. And right back at you.
<laughs> All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode, and we will catch you next time. Bye.